11th chapter. And in Genesis chapter 11, we're going to be looking at the first nine verses of this chapter dealing with the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel. If you were to use one word which would describe this present age, it would probably be the word confusion. Confusion. There's much confusion today over the role of men and of women. There's much confusion over the, even the idea of two genders, something revealed plainly in nature. There's much confusion, isn't there, when we hear of our elected officials in government as people don't seem to stand for anything these days. There is much confusion in classrooms because God is largely being excluded. There is much confusion. Confusion in the media. Confusion in the media and family. And these play off each other. And as the home impacts the wider world, and so the wider world impacts the home as well. Now, having said all that, no time in history has ever been perfect. And this time we live in is no different. There is sin, and there's always been sin in society ever since the fall of Adam. But there's certainly much confusion in our day. And we need to speak clearly, don't we? Clearly and pointedly to the things that God clearly and pointedly speaks to. This evening we're going to look at an example from history. An example when confusion came into human society on a large scale. Even larger, one might say, than what is happening today. A time when... It went from one spoken language to many. A time when men sought their own glory. A time of confusion. And a time that we can learn from ourselves here this evening. We can learn a lesson of what God is teaching us. Not just Babel back at this time thousands of years ago. But also today in 2022. For those who have ears to hear and eyes to see. So let us read now these nine verses as we hear from God in his word. Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 to 9. Let us hear God's holy word. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the, in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower, whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one. And they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and 
there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. And may the Lord bless his holy and infallible word. I wonder here if anyone can remember their school days. And I remember if you've ever attempted to learn a language in school, attempting to learn French, German, maybe Spanish. Is it easy? Not at all. There's a lot of work goes into learning any language. And languages are very hard. They take a long, long time to master and to become good at. And different languages in our world today, what do they create? They create barriers, don't they? You know, if you meet somebody from another country and just say they want to join this church here in Clare, what if they don't speak English? That creates a barrier to communication between two peoples. And if you've ever traveled around the world, And you need directions. Maybe you're in France. Maybe you're in Germany. Maybe you're in some place where they don't typically speak English. And you attempt to speak their language. And you're you're trying to get it out. And they're just looking at you. And they're confused by what you're saying. Confusion. Especially when we don't understand each other. Today in the world, I was surprised by this number. There's over seven thousand languages that are spoken today thousands of languages hard to imagine a time when there was only one isn't it there was a time when there was one language and one speech how much easier would life be if we all spoke the same language all around the world it certainly hasn't made things easier by having so many different languages. So why did it come to be? Why is it the way things are today? Now with everything God does. We have to realize that God does it for good. Wise and holy reasons. God can often keep things back from us. For our good. So there's a good reason that God has done this. It may look like confusion to our eyes. But God is working. To bring himself all the glory. To bless his people. And this evening let us learn. From this passage. That God will receive all the glory. And that we can answer this question. Perhaps of today. Why is our world. Why is our own world today. Not just the world of that day. Why is it so filled with confusion. Our first point. From these nine verses. Is this. The love of this world. The love of. Of this world. Fallen men. Have they learned from the flood? Have they learned from the flood? That universal flood which covered the whole earth. It doesn't seem so. They still love this fallen world. 
And at the time of Genesis 11, something strange to our ears in the year 2022. It says in verse 1, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. One language and one speech. Literally, literally the word one lip is there and also one words, one speech, one words. They were unified and there was no barrier to communication. And it seems like this phrase also gives a sense of not just one language. Um, You know, sometimes you go to a country and there's variations with the language. Uh, There's dialects and you you might even go, you know, driving 20 minutes down the road. They speak the same language, but they have different words. They have their own lingo, you could say. But they had the same words. The same words here translated as one language. Unity can be good, can't it? Unity is a thing that many people strive for. We seek to not be misunderstood as Christians. Uh, Preachers, when they prepare sermons in their study, will work their hardest to be not misunderstood by those hear them. Words are very important. And the challenge is sometimes today, the way one group of people will use words will be different from the way another group of people use words. We may have the same words, but have different meanings attached to them. Not all unity is good. United in a bad purpose is what we see here. With a bad motivation, it is still Wrong. The majority does not determine what is right. God alone and He alone defines what is good because God does not just possess good qualities, He is good. He is what it means to be good. And what did these sons of men, as they call them, the sons of Adam in verse 5, What did they do with this opportunity? They had this unity. They were all together. They had no barrier to communication. They could all understand each other perfectly. What love did they all share? And they did share a love for the same thing. Something that unified them all. But was it a love for God? It was a a love for this fallen world. Verses 2 down to the middle part of verse 4 says this. And it came to pass. As they journeyed from the east... That they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there. Then they said to one another. Come. Let us make bricks. And bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone. And they had asphalt for mortar. And they said come. Let us build ourselves a city. And a tower. Whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name. For ourselves. Let us make a name. For ourselves why are they building this city and tower was it to glorify God was it to make a name for God sadly it was for the reputation a name for these men and why would they do this well the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it Jeremiah 17, 9. Fall a man falls his own heart, his own wicked heart. And it leads to them plotting 
together for the same unified purpose. Now, fallen men have different lusts and desires. They'll end up fighting with each other, but they unify around one thing. Fighting against God. Their heart is for the world, not heaven. Heaven is rejected in the heart of fallen men. It says in 1 John 2.16, for all this is in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not, the, is not of the Father, but is of the world. That's what we mean by the world. We don't mean the creation, because creation is wonderful, isn't it? The heavens declare the glory of God. By world, we mean this. This fallen system, which is at war with God. And this, is First John chapter 2 says, is not of the Father, but is of the world. As, Christ, as Christians, we should desire a unified work with other Christians. And we should desire this at all times. But not all working together is good. And as we see this, they were all unified in one purpose. One speech, one language. But the question is, not are we unified per se, but are we unified in one purpose, following God? Do we labor for God? Because if we follow our hearts, the danger is this. Matthew 15, 18 and 19 says this, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. Out of our hearts. And that's what they did at this time. They followed their hearts. And they saw the glory of men instead of the glory of God. But the question is today, we can say, well, oh, that's terrible that they did this. But what about us today, here in this building? Do we love to glorify God? Or is it more about our name? See, there's a big danger, isn't there? Even in the church, with a lot of good work taking place, that we may become so caught up, not with the glory of God, but will we be remembered? The most important thing is God's glory. The most important thing is God's glory. And they work hard. This is not easy work. Verse 3, look at this. In verse 3, Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. Uh, They work hard to establish their own name and their own reputation. So the love of this world, number two now, the language, the language of heaven, the language of heaven. Now, from the very beginning, they had one language. One language throughout the whole world. God had made everything good. And any suffering that came in, came in through man's sin. Now God from heaven will give his verdict on what is happening. Is it according to the language of heaven? They spoke with one language and one speech. They had the same words. And they were unified in this purpose. But was it according to the language of heaven? In verses 4 to 6 it says this. And they said come let us build ourselves a city and a tower. Whose top is in the heavens. 
Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one. They have all one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Now, our God never changes. He's all-powerful, all-knowing. And the scriptures will speak to us in creaturely language and in a way that we will understand. God does not learn anything. There's nothing for God to learn. But this language is telling us something about what God thought of what they were doing. What was the verdict from heaven? What was the verdict from this immutable language of heaven? There is a good unity, but it must be heavenly unity. The unity that they had on earth was not a unity of truth, and it was not a unity with heaven. It was at odds and against heaven. What city are we to build up? There is a city that we are to build up. They were building up their own city with their own fears, with their own insecurities, with their own loves, with their own passions. But we are to build up another city, God's city. It says in Hebrews 11, verses 8 to 10, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. A very different city. A city which wasn't his own motivations. It wasn't his own ambitions for Abraham and his own glory. He was seeking another city whose builder and maker is God. Now, Abraham comes a little later. He comes in uh, in Genesis chapter 12. Versus Abraham. And he's not seeking his own city. He leaves behind by faith where he was. Not his own glory, but that of the glory of God. He listened and sought for the language of heaven. He heard the voice of God and obeyed. He loved the sound of this language. Who did they listen to? See, we can listen to our own fallen hearts, even as believers in Jesus Christ, even as been, we've been set free, no longer slaves to sin, and praise God for that. That is by grace alone. God's mercy taking pity upon us. But even as believers, we still have that struggle, don't we? The old man and the new man. And we still have that struggle with the flesh. So even as believers in Jesus Christ, we have that struggle between listening to the voice of God, the language of heaven, and the language of this fallen world. In verse 3 it says this, Then they said to one another, Then they said, 
to one another. The idea is they're basically saying to each other, hey guys, you know what we got to do? We got to get together and we got to do this. They seem to almost multiply their sins. And the other person clearly liked what they were hearing. They were listening to the suggestion of others. And this is why, friends, we must at all times constantly be in the word of God. Because even the multitude can be led away after sin. The majority can become Sinful, And we as individuals, we as churches even, and we as believers and part of the flock of Christ, we must be daily in the word of God, knowledgeable about the scriptures, learning from our shorter catechisms, being immersed in the word of God, drenched with heavenly dew from what? Prayer. Prayer before God to be able to know and discern between what is right And what is wrong? That we are following that one language of heaven. The word of God and not going after the multitude. Not going after the popular opinion of the day. Seek not comfort for the fact that most Christians maybe agree with you. Seek only comfort as if the language of heaven is what we follow. The language of wisdom That we wish to have more of it. None of us know this perfectly, do we? None of us are here today and going, you know what, I don't need to learn any more of the scriptures. We're in a dangerous place if we ever think that. Doesn't matter how long you've been walking with the Lord. We all have much to learn. You can be walking with the Lord 500 years, 900 years. You will never, ever exhaust the scriptures and exhaust what we need to learn from this language of wisdom the language of the world as we become more familiar with the language of heaven will seem strange to us will seem why are they doing this and that's the wonderful thing you'll turn on the media and say why are they saying that and there's a sense in which we should praise God because God is changing our the way we think God is changing our affections God is changing us and that's a wonderful thing. You now we obviously feel pity and sadness for the way the world around us is going. And we should reach out for these people and pray for these people. But take comfort, dear friends. The more you are in tune with the language of heaven, the more you'll be out of tune with the language of earth. The language of this fallen world. This world, we as believers, we say, is not our home. It is not our home. It is not our heaven. We want God's approval. We're not seeking for man's approval. It says in Galatians 1.10, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For I still pleased men. I would not be a bondservant of Christ. For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. This is, we will not please men in following the voice of God. I remember years ago where I met my wife, I moved to Italy. And one of the main reasons I moved to Italy was I absolutely love the language, and I still do. I love listening to, I put on YouTube videos of people speaking in Italian. It is a beautiful language, and I still think it is. But there's an even a more beautiful language than this. 
the scriptures. It is the most glorious voice. It is the most wonderful thing to hear the scriptures. There's nothing greater. And the more you hear it, the more you appreciate it, the more you love it, the more it changes you. And you want to learn more of it. And you want to come closer to him. Number three now, the license of this world. The license of this world. So we've looked at the love of this world, the language of heaven, and now the license of this world. The word license can be defined different ways, but this is the definition we're going with. Freedom to behave as one wishes, especially in a way which results in excessive or unacceptable behavior. Basically, no restraints. License. Do whatever you like. Now, there would have been a time years ago that there would have been, in society, lines you did not cross. There were things that were seen as unacceptable. If someone was living in an adulterous relationship, they wouldn't have gotten elected to public office years ago. We know this. And now people wouldn't even bat an eyelid. It's commonplace. It's normal. And not only is sin normalized, it is celebrated in public. And even speaking about crimes against nature makes it something that can be pursued by hate crimes. In Genesis 11 verse 6, it says this, And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they have all one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. There's no restraint. There's no barrier. There's nothing that prevents them from doing something, well, foolish. From doing what they want. And we can even think about this today, dear friends, in our own time. When we think about the technology changes over the last 20 or 30 years or 50 years, when we think of the internet, when we think of airplanes, when we think of all the ease of travel and all sorts of things, when we didn't have them in the past, they were almost, you could say, a kind of barrier, a restriction preventing us from doing what we wanted to do. You know, even... You could say even over the years of lockdown, there was things preventing people from doing certain things. And probably certain crimes fell. Barriers prevent us from doing certain things. Think of celebrities. When they get money for the first time, what happens? (gasps) All the barriers for doing all the foolish things that they were thinking of doing are gone. What do we see today? A world which has experienced relative peace for a number of decades, and we praise God for that. But it's a world that seeks to make a name for itself. That thinks it's better in this generation than previous generations. Now I want us to consider in our text, what was the motivation that drove them to build? Yes, to to make a name for themselves, but there was another motivation that drove them to build and to make a name for themselves. At the end of verse 4, it says this. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered 
abroad over the face of the whole earth. Lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. There's a fear there, isn't there? Yes, they want to make a name for themselves, but they want to make a name for themselves because they're afraid of what might happen if they don't. They don't want to lose what they have. This earth is their heaven. And therefore, it'll become more filled with pride, violence, sin. And they, they, they come together and they plot a, a vain thing. We read earlier in Psalm 2, why do the nations, or that can be translated Gentiles or unbelievers, rage? And the people plot a vain or a useless thing. And in verse 3, they want freedom. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast their cords from us. And this freedom that they're seeking is a freedom from God to do what they want to do. No restraints from heaven. Do what you will. They're afraid of losing the reign of sin. But what? So considering the fear that they had, how does God deal with this? Well, in verses 7 and verse 8, it says, Let us, and let us there is speaking of the triune God. This language is also in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26. Let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The triune God. Bringing judgment upon this. Verse 8. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth. And they ceased building the city. Isn't it amazing, dear friends, what they feared the most happened because of the path that they took. What they feared came to pass. They became scattered because of their sin. Now what did God do in bringing confusion and, and bringing all these languages? Well, restraining, didn't he? We were talking about earlier about the technology basically giving opportunities for sinners to be even greater sinners, you could say. But this... Pres- This is like restraining grace, isn't it? Fallen men on earth are never, we're never as bad as we could be. We will be. Those who are in hell are. Grace is removed. But on this earth, there is a restraining grace, a mercy, you could say. That we are not as bad as we could be. Even the unbeliever, through various means, is held back. Through God's mercy. But we also need to learn from heaven, don't we? We need to learn what's the lesson? What's the lesson for us here to learn? As there is this confusion coming out of this lack of restraint. So, our final point is the lesson from heaven. The lesson from heaven. So, we've looked at the love of this world, the language of heaven, the license of this world. And finally, number four, the lesson from heaven. The lesson from heaven. What does God want us to learn from this? 
What does God want us to learn from this? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. So whether it be Genesis 1 all the way to the end of the book of Revelation is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness. Remember their fear. Their fear brought them to sin. And whatever we fear is what we will listen to. Whatever we fear the most is what we will follow. This is why the Lord says, fear not. And the, in, always the instruction is, fear God. Because dear friends, if we fear God, we will not fear other things. Yes, we will go through times of anxiety. We're sinners, we struggle. We go through sleepless nights. We are, we are but dust. But the fear of God truly drives out the fear of all else. In verse 8 it says this. So the Lord scattered them abroad. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth. And they ceased building the city. Therefore its name, verse 9, is called Babel. Because there the, the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. They feared being scattered. and Did everything to avoid it and it happened. Showing them this. God is in control. God is in control. We may fear of losing something in this world. And they may drive us to do things that are. Not normal. But out of that fear, we do things. And we may forget who's really in control. Fear today dominates, doesn't it, the media? We turn on the news and fear dominates. Crisis, terror. Be afraid, be very, very afraid. That seems to be the message of today. But why is that? Because this world is people's heaven. And if it doesn't seem perfect, panic. This world is not our home, is it? Our home is in heaven. In the early church, the saints of God were more than willing to die. It doesn't mean that they were perfect. It doesn't mean that they didn't go through struggles. But they were not comfortable on this earth. They struggled. And through their trials, they were more than happy to say that this world was not their home. They were not at ease. And they realized to be absent from the body was to be present with the Lord. To die was far better. Nothing to fear in Christ. Not even from death itself. Death will not separate us from God. The lesson from heaven For them and for us. For them in Babel. And for us. Is if we want true and lasting unity. This is kind of a part of all of us. We want unity don't we? We've been created. All of us. In the image of God. But it comes from. True and lasting unity comes from God's ways. Not our ways. If we want peace. It must come from God's ways. Not our ways. Only through Christ. Because without Christ, this war continues. Without Christ, 
We will seek our own glory. We will seek to establish our own righteousness. And we will seek to establish our own city and our own glory. And it will bring confusion. Just like we have today all around us. Joy comes from the presence of the Lord. We have but tastes of it today. The message from this is very much... Do not fear what you can lose in this world. There will be one day you will say goodbye to all the things you have around you. You will say goodbye to your house. You'll say goodbye to your possessions. But if you're in Christ and the other people are in Christ, you will see them in glory. There's nothing on this world in this world will last forever. It is only when it is made into a new heavens and a new earth. We must fear God. We must look to that which is eternal and not what is temporary. We must not look to that which is impressive just to men. This was all to impress men. You know, there's this kind of idea of the Tower of Babel reaching up into heaven. Very impressive. Here's this impressive structure. Here's this impressive structure which will preserve our unity and we will not be scattered throughout the world. What was it turned into? An embarrassment. Have you ever seen a half-completed building? In Dublin, we lived in a place where there was a shopping centre that had been stopped, about 70% built. And it was a bit of a, it was a bit embarrassing. If we don't finish and complete. Well rather than this about being the glory of man. It's showing the confusion of man. The word Babel. Literally means confusion. The place called Babel. Is called confusion. We would say in English. Comes from the Hebrew word. Balal which means to confuse. To confuse. A world that rejects God. What will happen? Confusion. A community that rejects God. Confusion. A family that rejects God. Confusion. Chaos. A church that rejects God. Chaos and confusion. When we see these things around us, friends, it should make us stop. Perhaps they are warning signs from God. Perhaps there's areas in all of our lives that we need to examine and repent of. Do not seek the city of men. Dear friends, seek God's city. A glorious heavenly city awaits every single true believer in Jesus Christ. Heavenly Jerusalem. A city built by God, not by men. Something we all look forward to. A glorious city. And we must know Christ in order To come to that city. If you truly know Christ. This is true of you. It says in Hebrews 12.22. But you have come to Mount Zion. And to the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. To an innumerable company of angels. Come to that city. Isn't that what's in contrast here? The city of man. Unfinished. For the glory and honor of man. 
and embarrassment, confusion. But if you come to Christ and trust him, glory awaits. The glory of God, eternal glory. A city built by God, filled with joy, filled with hope for eternity, forever and ever. Amen.